This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Daniel Penny's attorney, my friend Tom Knipp, will join us momentarily. So Chad comes up to me, he goes, man, you know, I've told you a couple of times, stop saying bad things about your teammates on this station. I said, what do you mean? Long story short, this uh, idiot, Greg Kelly, this guy is such a moron. This guy says, I swear to God, you know, Sid keeps coming at me. I said, well, listen. You know, he's on hold. I'm talking about my beautiful wife, Danielle. He's like, are you done yet? Like, he was irked. Like, why would you do that? And I said, Greg, you don't even get a 3.0. You're on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You've got no competition. Nobody. Can you name anybody else on at 1 o'clock? I can't. I'm getting sevens up against 10-10 wins, CBS 880, Boomer Esiason. The stiffest competition, Stern on satellite. You can't get a three. Goes on to tell Chan, oh, you know, he's out of touch. If, if, if Greg Kelly really believes, this is how crazy this person is, that praising Trump and killing Eric Adams will get him big ratings in New York City, he's dumber than I thought he was. It's kind of weird because he preps so much, he gets in here. Yeah, I know. He preps- walks in at 15 minutes after the show starts. He basically replays his TV show from the night before, and he can't get a three. Mm. But he wants ABC to consider putting him on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, because he thinks that praising Trump and bad mouthing Eric Adams, and if he gets a 2.6 at 1 o'clock in the morning, he'll get a 1. He'll get a 1. So, Greg, <laughs> do your little radio show. They're never going to replace me with you, not in a million years. They wouldn't replace me with Francesa. No. You can't get a rating at 1 o'clock in the afternoon against nobody. Wait a second. Wait a second. So Chad did defend you, and he wants me to stop picking on guys at the station. But, man, you really come off like a complete moron. He had to get Chad, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, that's I'll crush his ratings. He's out of touch with Trump and Adams. Please. Anyway, my next guest, the complete opposite. I respect this guy as much, if not more, than anybody. This guy served our country proudly. I endorsed him in his race against Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. And now, of course, him and Steve Razor, the attorneys for Daniel Penny. And I pumped up my friend Tom Kniff big time on Fox News with Brian Kilmeade last night. Here he is, Penny's attorney, Thomas Kniff. Thomas, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sita. Let me know where I should send those checks, okay? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, everything I said was, was true. And, uh, you know, Curtis, too, we all endorsed you in that race against Bragg. And I said this on Fox News. I said, Knip is a better man. Forget about better attorney and hero. He's just a better man than Alvin Bragg. And now you're kind of going up against him. So we kind of knew this was happening. But now that it's official... Anything different in the Kniff Razor office this morning now that Daniel Penny has officially been indicted? I, I wouldn't say so, Sid. I mean, you know, if you've been doing this for as long as we have, I mean, actually, if you've been doing criminal work for about five minutes, I, I mean, you understand that a grand jury presentation, for all intents and purposes, is a legal formality. Um, 
you know, I, it, it's become a cliche because it's so off-quoted, uh, but, but it doesn't make it any less accurate. You know, you can indict a ham sandwich, as Saul Walkler once said. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, look, uh, of course, we, we, y- you can't help hope, right? So in, in a case like this, we said, geez, you know, if there's ever a situation where maybe a grand jury will flush the case, this could be the one. We had requested, uh, you know, witnesses that, and asked the DA to call certain witnesses. We can't control it. We can only make the ask. It's a secret proceeding. We don't know what they did or didn't do in there. But, you know, it, anyone who's surprised because a grand jury returns an indictment just really is, you know, out of touch with how things work. You know, this indictment, Thomas, came just a couple of days after your client, Daniel Penny, uh, did those tapes release those tapes, and I thought they were great. I played a lot of it on this show. You and I talked about it two days ago, and I'm happy he did it, but Brian Kilmeade did ask me last night, do you think that maybe Knip and Razor now, in retrospect, think that maybe Penny should not have done those tapes? I don't think it would have mattered. I think he was getting indicted anyway, and if anything, now you know if he has to testify, he can certainly handle himself. What are your thoughts? Absolutely, no regrets, and you know I think I made the point when we spoke a couple of days ago. You know, at some point, you know, you have to counter the narrative. I mean, it's one thing if this case wasn't getting the press it was getting. It's one thing if you know people like Jamani Williams, Al Sharpton, Kathy Hochul weren't you know going on major media outlets and labeling you know my my client a vigilante, a murderer, white supremacist using the bully pulpit of public office to say, if not those things, things like that. Um, You know, so so letting the public get a, you know, a 360 view of him uh, instead of this, you know, just one dimensional, you know, uh, vitriolic uh, uh, view that that at least part of the was being partly put out there. Uh, I, you know, I don't think that that was a bad decision at all. And, and, re, and the reality is that, again, you know, we're dealing with a a reasonable cause standard in the grand jury. Grand jury is arcane to most people, but it, it, it is really the DA's sandbox. In fact, the, the grand jury room isn't even in the courthouse. It's in the right. DA's building. Right, right. Uh, you know, so yep. Yep. you just really – I don't think it's any time to, to second-guess anything we did. We feel very – uh, very good about, you know, every way that, uh, you know, every move we made so far in this case. You mentioned Hochul, Jamani Williams, a host of others. Some of these questions will be similar to our discussion two days ago, but they're important. I brought up the mayor, Eric Adams, and he came out yesterday and, and actually congratulated the DA, Alvin Bragg, on doing a very, quote, thorough investigation. That pissed me off, the mayor. What about you? Yeah, you know, we should really, this has nothing to do with my client, but it has to do with our legal system and protecting the constitutional rights of all accused. I'm actually, ironically, on the Cross Bronx Expressway right now, heading up to West Point to to do a hearing on a courts martial case I'm handling. Wow. In the military, we have something called unlawful command influence. And it is probably the number one issue why military cases get reversed on appeal. In fact, it's probably more than all other issues combined. And what it says is that if a commanding general or anyone in in a position of influence comments on pending criminal cases um, within the military, that that can that that 
results in almost an automatic reversal of any conviction that might occur. I would like to see something like that implemented in New York, implemented in the United States, even on the federal level, because there is nothing that does more violence to the presumption of innocence than elected officials, who, by the way, have taken an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States, which, which includes, by the way, the, the principle of presumption of innocence, to get out there and start making statements that yep. prejudice any defendant's right yep. to a fair trial. Well said. Tom, can I have two or three more? We'll let you run next couple of minutes. Uh, the chokehold issue, Al Sharpton, 15 minutes. The media, 15 minutes. Not true. Daniel Penny said it. You said it. I know that uh, guys like Bo Deedle listening right now and Curtis Sliwa, they put lots of guys in headlocks over the years. Nobody died. Penny said the whole thing lasted about three minutes. So if it's not 15 minutes, what's their case? Well, it, it's certainly not 15 minutes. And I, it is another point I made before. I mean, one, that, that it's just controverted by, you know, there's body cam video. We're going to get a lot more evidence now that, I mean, one benefit of the case going past the grand jury now is we're actually going to be entitled to real discovery. Um, but, you know, just from a common sense perspective, and Anita Adams, by the way, is early on beat back against that absurd timeline. Anybody who rides the subway, you know, particularly if this occurred in, in, in central Manhattan, you're talking about two minutes on average between stops, right? Uh, you know, sometimes a little, a little faster, sometimes a little slower if the train's moving slow. But ordinarily, you're talking about a two-minute time frame. This whole encounter, Sid, incurred between two subway stops. Immediately once Neely got on the train, he threw his jacket at one of the passengers. He started making threats, threats to, threats to kill. Um, and then my client and other passengers on the train, by the way, as we know, took action to subdue him. And then it's at the very next train station where the police are ultimately are summoned and come wow. and come to uh, yep. and come on scene. So, so, you know, there's just no way yep. to look at this to say, oh, this could have ever been a 15 minute timeline. Right. So now the other issue becomes, again, something we discussed two days ago, the toxicology report. Your client, Penny, says he looked whacked out. Rumors, allegations, a guy's been smoking K2 for months, like George Floyd, who had fentanyl and heroin in his system. Uh, now that this is uh, in front of the grand jury, I would imagine you have to get that toxicology report, no? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've been told that, oh, you know, it, 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 the, 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 uh, the medical examiner's office is, is delayed and it takes time. And, and look, and they certainly do have a backlog. I can tell you that from other cases. But there is no question that, the, the, again, now, now we have a case here, right? I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, the grand jury is, as I said before, it's a formality. You don't really even have a criminal case at that point. Now we have a case. They've made a reasonable cause determination, the lowest standard in the criminal legal legal system. Um, and the, the, you know, what that triggers from the defense perspective is all the discovery laws. I mean, we're entitled, to, particularly after the reforms that, that, that occurred a couple of years ago, I mean, we're entitled to everything. We're going to get the toxicology, we're going to get a full autopsy, and we're going to get a lot of other material that, that I suspect will be very beneficial yep. uh, to, to Danny's uh, defense. Will Danny testify before the grand jury? You mean before a trial jury? Before the trial jury, yes. You know, that's a decision that, uh, I mean, another benefit the defense has in any case, not just this one, is we don't have to make that determination until the district attorney has rested their case. Um, and the defense, if they decide to start putting on a case, we don't have to give any advance notice to anyone about that. It, 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 you know, right. So 
it would be premature to comment on that at this point before we've seen any evidence in this case. I mean, we really haven't had any disclosure from the district attorney uh, other than the minimal items they, they're required to provide before grand jury. Uh, but I will say, look, you know, I, as those videos evidence, our client comes off very well. I think I said before on your show, you know, Mark Twain said, if you tell the truth, you have nothing to remember. There's no doubt that he'd be a, a truthful witness. And I think a very compelling witness if we decide to put him on. So, Thomas, uh, my dear friend Thomas Knipp, I love this guy. Great attorney, great American hero. And, of course, uh, our guy Danny Penny's attorney. And wrapping this up, race should not play an issue here. You've you talked about it. One of the men that actually restrained, along with your client, Jordan Neely, black man, and the first lady that complained on the train that she really thought her life was in danger and called Danny Penny a hero, black woman. So, Al Sharpton, you are S up the creek, my friend. Race does not play a role here. So, quickly in the end, Dan, uh, Danny, I almost called you. Uh, Thomas, when it's all said and done and the trial is said and done, Danielle Penny is going to be an innocent man, exonerated and uh, treated like the hero he really is. Yes? I have no doubt. No doubt. That's all I needed to hear. And with you as his attorney, my money's on you. So good luck up in uh, West Point today, and thank you for joining me, Tommy. You know, you're you're a great friend. Uh, You, Frank O'Hara, Mike Sullivan, thank you so much. Absolutely, Sid. Always always a pleasure, buddy. You're the best. The best. Thomas Kniff right there, folks, and you're how it ended, no doubt.